This is the Remarkable Business Show on Remarkable.fm. I'm John Moss and this is Episode 7. Starting a business doesn't have to mean quitting your day job. Cyclist, skier, international fugitive and all-round curious guy. Here's the latest edition of the Remarkable Business Show with your host, John Moss. Welcome to the show. Can you believe that autumn seems to be creeping round the corner? It seems the summer has flown by, not that we had much of one here in the UK. Something that I'm going to be going into a lot more in depth in the future is the ability to work from any location. I'd actually prefer somewhere with a little bit more warmth and sun and certainly less wind. So that's going to be much better for the cycling. Often known as location independent businesses, this is starting to fascinate me and I'm going to be trying this in real life very soon. So watch this space and listen out for a future episode. I love the idea that individuals, small businesses or even large corporations don't have to follow the traditional path of how they do things. Their remarkable factor could be their marketing, their culture, the sales, the perks, systems and yes, products as well. It might actually be their technology. Tech's amazing and it can allow businesses to be available worldwide, sell software, sell products that we could not have imagined five years ago, let alone 10 years ago. However, remarkable businesses don't have to be high tech. It can be as simple as the service you receive, the warmth and the generosity of the person you meet or speak to. It could be how the business fixes something if something goes wrong. I guess what I'm trying to say is that it could be anything. Businesses often fail at doing the really simple things well. So they can spend thousands on their website, tens of thousands on advertising, but someone who might be having a bad day answers the phone and deals badly with a customer or indeed a prospect and all of that, well, that investment just went down the pan pretty quickly. It's often these small cracks which go unnoticed. Often people in the business don't realise how much they really matter in the bigger scheme, how they fit into the jigsaw, how they are a cog in a big machine. Or sadly, they might not actually care. Not caring about the business they work in can mean they're not engaged, they're not treated well or perhaps not listened to. And that's the fault of the management or indeed the person running the business. It's very easy for people to become disenchanted with a job they just don't want to be doing. Now, I'm not saying that's a good thing. Far from it. They should try and make the best of it. speak to someone, change their role, you know, really actually try and, you know, make the most of it and improve. But there is something they could also do, and that's look at starting their own business. And as I said at the start of the show, starting a business, there is a better way. It doesn't have to mean quitting your day job, and it doesn't mean risking it all and hoping for the best. And there is a way of doing this. And what we're going to be discussing amongst other things with the guest on today's show is exactly this. There is overlap, which is available to everyone. Everybody. My guest on the show today is Sean McCabe, also known as Sean Wes. Sean is someone who makes you think he must have some special superpower. Why? Well, what he's done and what he does is quite incredible. His work output is something else, from podcasts to courses, a conference and his latest book, which has just launched called Overlap. Actually, though, his success is down to one thing in particular, showing up day after day and doing the work, putting the hours in, sweating in the details. Paying the price is something you'll hear a lot with successful people. You need to pay the price to do something worthwhile. Something worthwhile is generally not easy. And it requires those hours, days, weeks, months and indeed years of hard work. And it requires a choice. 
How you spend your time is a direct reflection on what you're going to be able to do, launch, create, or indeed sell in the future. So is it Instagram or are you writing some content, planning your future and doing something that contributes to the plan to get there? This is exactly what Sean did with lettering. He put together an online course. It took a huge amount of time outside his day job to deliver something truly special that people would want. And it really worked. He made six figures in three days after it launched. I'm delighted that Sean's on the show. I've been following him for quite a long time. We discuss all manner of things, including the art of delegation and what you definitely shouldn't delegate. We also discuss how important communication is, especially if you're a freelancer working with a client and how clients don't want tasks performed, they want goals accomplished, plus how to best work with those clients. And we also cover his amazing new book, Overlap, which is a must buy. So sit back, grab a coffee and enjoy our conversation. Accessible, authentic and useful. The Remarkable Business Show speaks to remarkable people. I'm delighted to welcome another remarkable guest. We seem to have had a pretty good run on the show so far, and today's guest is going to be just as remarkable as our previous ones. So welcome Sean McCabe, also known as Sean Wes Online. So thank you so much for coming on the Remarkable Business Show today, Sean. I'm so excited to be here, John. And uh, I love, I have to say, I love the name of the show, Remarkable. That's really good. Well, that, thank you for saying that. Um, I, I had a few other ideas. There was going to be, it was going to be the interesting show I think at one point but I quite liked the remarkable business show and I managed to get that um, URL I mentioned so it's remarkable.fm which I thought was pretty good. I'm such a big fan of just simple especially one word brand names that's awesome. Yeah I think I got lucky I was looking through and I thought ah remarkable.fm I gotta have that. Well I'm excited to be here thanks for having me. Oh much much appreciated I really appreciate your time and you're speaking from the good old US where whereabouts are you in the world over there? I'm in Texas specifically San Antonio Texas which people probably know for the Alamo (laughs) and also basketball San Antonio Spurs. Is that right? Oh, yeah. We got a good basketball team. That's true. Yeah. I used to watch a, a lot of uh, NBA um, when, I, when I was a bit younger. So And played a little bit of basketball, but it wasn't very good. So Yeah. San Antonio has uh, phenomenal food. If you ever get a chance to visit, just incredible food. Any particular type or... I would say Tex-Mex, which is... It's not exactly Mexican food, but it it's like a fusion of... Mexican food and uh, Texas food. It's really good. I bet it is. I'm getting hungry already. Goodness, I haven't eaten yet. (laughs) (laughs) So um, you're over there in, in San Antonio. Could you tell us a little bit about what you do, who you are, what's your main kind of job and what, what, you know, what do you do in life? Well, I help people build and grow an audience driven business. So people who would consider themselves freelancers, entrepreneurs, small business owners, Specifically, I help them build an audience for themselves, build an audience-driven business. And so everything around that, especially uh, content marketing, so helping people produce video, work on their, you know, building up a writing habit, teaching people how to podcast. That's, that's really what we're, uh, we're focused on. Fantastic. I'm going to be listening intently to any podcasting tips that you give me. So you've been, you, cause you've been, you've been doing it for 
quite some time. It's not not sort of just a flash in the pan. You've really kind of doubled down over the last few years and and, and created a an online brand um, which is Sean Wes, isn't it? SeanWes.com. Yes. Yeah, so Sean Wes is the brand name that that comes from. My middle name is Wesley, so my full name is Sean Wesley McCabe. But there were a lot of Sean McCabe's online, and I decided. I'll combine my first and middle names to create a unique brand name that that doesn't exist already. So that's where Sean West came from. Ah, that's a, that's a good idea. I suffer a little bit from that as well, John Moss. So I'm competing with um, the drummer from Culture Club, a very old uh, band, um, you know, in the 80s. And then also there's a football referee called John Moss as well. So occasionally when he's refereeing and not doing a very good job, I get abuse on Twitter. So, uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, you know, it, it ended up working out pretty well in my case because now, now I, I rank pretty well in the search engines for my full name. So it worked out in the end. You're well known for a number of things, not only what you've just described, but also for um, uh, the, the letter, let, not letterpress. I'm, no, I'm struggling, let, struggling, hand, struggling for words here. What, hand lettering. Hand lettering. That exactly it. So, and that's something I've been, I've been looking at of what you're doing online. That, that's, that looks incredible. How, how did that actually happen? Yeah. So, hand lettering is essentially drawing letters by hand. If you think of like the Coca-Cola logo, that's something that's not based on a font. It's something that someone actually drew and designed custom. Uh, I, I got into hand lettering. I used to draw letters in middle school. I, I really liked just kind of doodling. I would doodle on my homework. But, you know, there was a period where high school and, and a little after, I, I just didn't really draw anymore. I thought, eh, that's that's kind of a silly thing. You know, I, I have to pay the bills. And, you know, I, I just kind of let it fall by the wayside. And then I, I met someone, uh, a fellow designer was was in town, and he, he asked if I wanted to have coffee. And he was a hand lettering artist. And I was really inspired by his work. And I, I was telling him that I, I enjoyed that kind of thing. But I was building websites at the time. And he said, well, if you enjoy it, you know, just just start creating. It doesn't have to be something that turns into a job. And that kind of unlocked it for me. I don't know. It was as if he gave me permission to just create because, mm. you know, I enjoyed creating it. And so I, I, I did. I started doing that, honestly, six to eight hours a day outside of my day job, uh, just just creating because I enjoyed it. It was fun and no one really noticed for the first two years, but eventually they did start noticing. And, you know, lo and behold, I, I ended up making great money from it. It became a job, not not like to say it was boring to me, but it became something that made good income. And I was, I was actually able to support myself. You know, it didn't happen until le- years later, but in the beginning I thought, oh, that's not something that could be serious or make me money. But uh, it actually ended up being that. That's great to hear. And and you built up a really amazing audience and community around the hand lettering. And that's something you've continued to this day with other things, isn't it? And we, we were chatting before that audience and community for people or brands or indeed companies. It's so important. But wh- why do you why do you think it's important, that audience and community? Well, there is a difference between audience and community. I mean, audience is a one to many relationship and community is a many to many relationship. You know, obviously, I think building up an audience, especially for your business, is very important. But beyond that, 
turning an audience into a community, you know, making it something more, something that's less about you and more about a movement is really great. There's so many benefits to having a community. I mean, obviously you're seen as an authority, so you're able to sell products. You can launch new things in the future and it's it gets easier, not harder, because you don't lose that core base that you have. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I think brands that build a community and people who build a community they're they're automatically ahead of people who don't have that because they're the people who are believers or fans who are always going to be talking well of you and and kind of your word of mouth marketing which so many people look to get but so many fail consistently the theme for me i've run many different businesses i guess four different businesses in the past 11 years and every single time word of mouth has been the greatest source of new business for us. And so investing in that, investing in your audience, building a community is a fantastic way to get people to spread the word. Yeah, I totally agree. And I mean, it's not all roses, though, isn't it? You know, there's obviously, um, you know, there's a lot of work that goes into this. What have been your biggest challenges over the past few years or, or even longer than that? Well, honestly, I was doing the lettering thing. It, it had fortunately become a full-time pursuit for me and it was a lot of work i i was struggling with kind of i would call superhero syndrome you know trying to do everything myself (laughs) and not really having the capacity to and so i had to learn to delegate uh delegate not just the things that i was not good at or the things that i didn't enjoy those are the easier things to delegate where it's really difficult delegating the things that you're good at, but you shouldn't be doing. Yeah. And the way to know that I found is to delegate everything except voice and vision. Those are the two things that only you can really speak to. You have that bird's eye view. You know, you have the the CEO mindset. You have the vision. You know where you're going. Maybe your voice takes different forms, different mediums, and maybe someone on your team could help you turn your audio recording into a written form or plan out a, a you know a video presentation or something. But at the core, you need to be responsible for voice and vision and, and delegating everything else. So I, I had to struggle through that several years ago, going from just me, one person, to half a dozen others on our team. And uh, I would say that the second biggest challenge was going from being known as a lettering artist to teaching people business. Because what I found was, you know, as much as I enjoyed creating art and making money for myself, right. I was getting dozens, hundreds of emails all the time. Like every single day, I'd probably get half a dozen to a dozen emails from people asking how I was able to do what I did. And the more I shared, you know, I mentioned I'm very fond of podcasting. I started podcasting twice a week. We're now three 300 plus episodes in. And the more I shared what I was learning as I went, the more I started hearing from people, you know, what you're sharing has helped me. I've been able to start my own business or move across the world or get out of a a soul-sucking day job uh, because of what you've shared with me. And all along, I felt like, you know what, I I really want to help people get unstuck. I want to help people in, in all different industries because people who were listening to the podcast were in all different fields, not just artistic fields. And so here I was known as this hand lettering artist, but really I wanted to help people all over doing all kinds of different things. And I felt like I was being held back. Like everyone knew me as this lettering artist. How could I teach people business? You know, I, I felt like 
I would never have enough track record. It didn't matter that I launched a course that made six figures in three days or had 200,000 people read one of my guides or tens of thousands of students. I still felt like I I was being held back and, and no one would ever see me as this source of, you know, business knowledge. And then I started to realize it was only years later that uh, I'm sure you've experienced this, John. You see people online who they're making money by teaching people how to make money online. And it's this kind of yeah recursive thing that that turns people off. Like, hey, what have you really done? What's your actual business? You know, how, how why should I trust you? And I realized, you know what? The lettering stuff is like my real life case study. Like, hey, I, I spent 9,000 hours practicing, getting good at a skill, working with clients, selling products, teaching what I know. This is the real life case study that backs up everything that I'm talking about. That to me is exactly what appeals to me about what you've done and uh, and what I try and do as well. And uh, the work that I do with some of my clients is very much focused around that and you've you've kind of demonstrated your authority and competence because people want to buy or use people or buy services if people are competent and they show authority and expertise but also that kind of warmth and generosity as well which and authentic as well because you're incredibly transparent in terms of what you do so and I really really I really really like that as well What's the things or maybe one thing that particularly you've learned about in the last 12 months? You know, one big takeaway. Is there anything sort of following on from what you said about the challenges that you've overcome? Uh, Without a doubt, the lesson is that cash flow is the lifeblood of a business. And I've known this, I've heard this, but there's a difference between hearing something and really understanding it, really, really knowing it, internalizing it. And it's not until you don't have the money in the bank that you realize how serious this is. I mean, our business, we're, we're pretty transparent about stuff. I, I, I like to iterate in public and share what I'm learning as I go. So I, I share real numbers and stuff with people. We make high six figures a year, but you know, I'm going to be honest, we've had some cash flow issues and we're, we've been doing things over the past couple of years to get the business to a more sustainable place. But it can be really tough. It doesn't matter how much money's coming later in, in the month or later in the year. If it's not in the bank right now, you've got a significant problem. And it's it's the number one reason businesses yeah. uh, die and they, and they fail. So what I've put in place, and I'm not even saying we're always at this point, but it's a goal for me, is something that I call the new zero. And this is getting six months of your income, your expenses in the bank. So you take... What, what is that number every month, your expenses that you need to survive as a business? And you can apply this to personal life as well. You know, you know your, your personal budget or bills every month, uh, but especially in the case of a business, what is that monthly number? Multiply that number by six, and that's the new zero. That's the figure you need to get in the bank. And if you have less than that in the bank, you need to think of yourself as being in the negative and, you know, let that hunger drive you to... Uh, build up those cash reserves and you re- you have to have that especially when you have employees you know to cover those times where cash is short yeah, and people are depending on you for for their living you know they're, they're doing obviously great work with you and you've chosen them to be part of the team but there's a there's a responsibility as the founder the business owner 
that makes that so important. It's totally true. Now, that that's a fantastic um, insight there and uh, very valuable. I, I've looked at it before personally in terms of, um, you know, outgoings on a monthly basis. And uh, it's something I'll, I'll definitely revisit for the business as well. That that level of rigor in terms of finances kind of translates into another thing which we talked about, which is professionalism, which is a big topic as well. When we spoke a few weeks ago, I loved what you said about professionalism and I found myself nodding away on the call. What What is it about professionalism that you particularly focus on? I am very, very passionate about professionalism, both as someone who I, I would say out of the past 10 years, seven of them, I've been in client services. So as a service provider, very passionate about professionalism, but more so in the recent three or four years, I've been the client in those relationships, hiring professionals. And I've spent hundreds on jobs, thousands, tens of thousands, uh, hiring professionals to do work for me. And I, so I'm coming away from this with a very unique perspective that I didn't have in the first seven years when I was uh, doing the work for clients, which is the client wants a result. As, as a service provider, you're so focused on the work that you're not thinking about the mindset of the client. And, and having been in that place, having been the person who's writing the checks and hiring people, I just want to say, you know, to you, the service provider listening, learn about my goals. Learn that no client wants tasks performed they, they want goals accomplished. Yeah. They don't want work done in isolation. They want to get to a result. Give me the best solution. And, and I, I, I trust you already or I wouldn't have hired you, right? So you've done the work of, of establishing your expertise. You're blogging, you're writing, you're doing case studies, you're making videos, you're podcasting, sending newsletters. I trust you and that's why I've hired you. What I don't want you to do is make me do work. And most service providers that I've hired, well, I wouldn't say most because I, I try to I try to vet them quite a bit now, but many of them, they they would make me pick from a bunch of different options. You know, okay, here's several different ways we could go. And I say, you're making me do work. I'm a busy person. I have things to do. I hired you because I trust you. I want you to learn about my goals and then give me the best solution. If you've narrowed it down to two or three concepts, keep going. Pick the one that's best for my particular circumstance. That will meet your need. And, I, and I'm nodding here again. <laughs> Not a second time I've been nodding again. We've been, talk, we've been talking about this, Sean. I, I think that is so important. And often when you are either working with someone or the team or you're on the client side of the receiving end, the professionalism also translates to good communication as well, isn't it? And 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 being absolutely integral mm. in terms of getting the right result. And and communication, you you've again said to me how important that is. Yes. And why is that? Do you think in particular? I mean, it's it's fairly obvious, but you had some really nice insight into into communication. Yeah, it's. Absolutely critical, especially in the, the professional relationship that you establish the roles that both you and your client have. So not every client is going to have the same mindset I do, and they're going to follow your lead. So if you make this about their involvement, they will make it about their involvement. So a lot of professionals have this preconception that clients want to be involved in the work. 
They want to do the work. They want to have their hands in the work. And you can't just go away and do the best thing for them. They have to feel like they have a stake in it. The reason they feel that way is because that's how you've led the relationship, the discussion. They don't know what their role is because you haven't established their role and you haven't communicated their role. Hey, you're responsible for goals and content. I want to know what your goals are and what content you have to work with. Everything else is my responsibility as a professional, and I'm going to take that off of your hands. So I want I want to defer to you, client, in your area, your do- domain of expertise, and then I'm going to handle everything else, which is my area or my domain of expertise. You have to communicate this. And communication is both the sending and receipt of a message. So a lot of people think if you say something to someone you've communicated, well, that's just like broadcasting a radio signal into space. You don't know if if anyone's picking up that signal. I mean, you could be broadcasting to no one. And so there's a difference between communicating and broadcasting. Two people talking at each other is not communication. There's not listening. And in many cases... You know this, you've had conversations like this before. The other person is not listening. They're waiting to talk. They're they're waiting for their opportunity to broadcast back at you. And so it comes down to responsibility, understanding that you as the communicator are responsible for both the sending and the receipt of the message. Everyone wants to pass the blame to the receiving party and say, I told you so. I already told you. You know, and and you have to take responsibility for that. You have to ensure you're heard, not not just assume that you're heard. And the only way you can be sure, completely sure that the other party has really heard you, that you've truly communicated, is if you hear your message back from the other person. When it comes out of the other person's mouth, then you know you've been heard. I think you're absolutely right with this and the communication it's like Chinese whispers almost, isn't it? That if you're, if you're not careful that what you started out to communicate gets completely lost and comes back in a completely different format or on a completely different topic with a different objective. Yeah, 100%. And the, the piece that would solve that, although it would make the game less hilarious, <laughs> is to ask the person you're communicating with to repeat back what they heard. That would completely solve the problem. Yeah. And do you use any particular tools, um, software to help with your communication, whether that's within the team or with client work? Or are you, are you a big fan of face-to-face or, or, you know, chats like we are now, you know, actually speaking? I don't have a particular tool to recommend, although I would say when it comes time to presenting a proposal in, in, in the context of client work, to make sure that's something you're doing live. If you can be in person, that would be great. But maybe if they're on the other side of the world, at least get on a call with them, share your screen and walk them through the proposal. Instead of sending over this legal document and saying, you know, sign this and get back to me, which 90% of people have me do, uh, walk me through it in, in plain English. Explain it as if we were sitting next to each other and reassure me that it's in my best interest. That that sounds that sounds like excellent advice. And, you know, you've come a massive, uh, sort of a huge journey over the past 10 years from the hand lettering to what you're doing now, which um, is incredibly exciting. If 
someone was considering starting a business now or a startup, is there one piece of advice you would give them? I hear a lot of people say, you know, do something more than just the day job. You know, quit your day job and pursue your passion. Like stop, stop waiting, you know, and just take a leap of faith. And I think there are times for taking a leap of faith or at least taking a calculated risk. But my advice would be don't quit the day job. And I would I would tell people to overlap. And that's what I call um, going from a day job to pursuing your passion on the side, turning that side passion into a successful business. The day job is the financial foundation for you. You know, this is this is the focus of my life, John, because everyone has passions. Some people know what they are. Some people are still trying to discover it. But but you have passion. And what I desperately want for people is to not kill that passion. Because once you kill it, it's dead. It's it's done. It's like, uh, um, I mean, imagine your favorite dessert, you know, your favorite cake. Like picture the icing and everything the way you love it. And now imagine someone baked it with just a little bit of feces. That's not good. I mean, even that sentence would make you like dry heave, you know, that's terrible. But like that would that would ruin it. Yeah. It would ruin the dessert forever. You know, it, when you mix that passion with the ingredients of uh, of a day job that, that you hate or a client that's terrible um, or someone that you shouldn't be working with or compromising on your rates, you know, it's this this compromise and this scarcity mindset that starts to come in, when you mix your passion with that, you will kill it. We, we know people, we have friends who quit their day job yeah. to pursue their passion and it, it ended up turning into something that they hate. And they ran it into the ground and they went back to the job. You know, maybe it was the same job, maybe it's a different job, but you know what they have left is this story that they tell themselves, which is I tried it, I failed, and it didn't work. And they end up even more stuck than before. And and it's like, I feel like it's my mission to help people protect that passion. You, you can't be in a place where you're in scarcity mindset while trying to pursue your passion and building it up in, into something successful. Because that compromise comes in. When you're in scarcity mindset, yeah. you're thinking, okay, I quit my job. I've got to make this work. I've got to take on whatever clients I can get, even if they're horrible. You know, even if this opportunity is not great and I wouldn't want to work with this person, I have no choice. I have to do what it takes. And you're eventually going to find yourself in a place where you hate what you do. You hate what you once loved. And so the, the, I, I, I needed something more practical than that. I wasn't, I didn't want to roll the dice. I needed, I need something that was sensible. Like I'm willing to take a calculated risk, but I don't, I don't want to take big chances on things. I don't want to I don't want to leave my passion to chance. And so I would say the day job, it doesn't have to be something that that you love or that you're passionate about, but it can't be something you hate. I mean, if you are working with a terrible boss or toxic people, get out of there. You got to get out of there. But I mean, you, you know, like you you can't be around toxic people for sure. I'm not saying stay in a bad place, but as a foundation Find another day job. Start with the day job that covers 100% of your bills and build the passion on the side. I hear you. So you have the freedom. You have the ability to say no to the wrong opportunities. You can say no to someone who wants 
you to come down on your rate or someone who has all these red flags that you wouldn't want to work with. Be selective. So I would say don't take a leap. Instead, overlap. So that overlap is so important. And I love the idea of the fact that if you are overlapping or a side project, it's almost like a considered experiment. And it's something that you're launching right now. And that's a book called Overlap, isn't it? Do you want to tell us a little bit more about that? Because it sounds incredible. Well, this is what I've been working on for many years now. It's the culmination of my life's work, really. I I started writing this book, Overlap, uh, several years ago, got 20,000 words into it, and I decided to scrap it all. I I put it on the back burner uh, because I started writing the book I wanted to write and not the book that people needed to hear or needed to read. And so I went back to the drawing board. I, I had many more conversations with people, hundreds of conversations over the next several years, both in my online community and in person at meetups and the conference that we host. And I learned the things that were really holding people back. You know, things like lacking support from your family, having trouble finding motivation, feeling like you don't have enough time, having difficulty focusing or being unsure of the right thing to pursue and just feeling overwhelmed with all of the possibilities. I learned through many conversations that it's not just a lack of business knowledge or finance. It's things like these that are holding people back that are that are causing inaction and the reason that people feel stuck. And so uh, I, I went I went back to writing this book with that in mind, and I, I sort of reverse engineered it all around what people are really struggling with. And I came up with something that I, I feel like is like this is the key for people to getting unstuck for, for someone who is a practical person who wants a step by step down to earth guide on how to go from a day job to turning their side passion into something that's actually sustainable. That's that's what I've done with the Overlap book. That sounds like something that a lot of people, a lot of listeners will be interested in. And if people would like to buy the book or learn a little bit more, you very kindly said that there would be a, a special offer for the Remarkable Business Show listeners. So where, where do they need to go to? So the book is actually launching on September 14th of 2017, and you can find it at overlapbook.com. But I I wanted to do something special just for the the listeners of this show, and that is I want to give you the audiobook for free. We recorded an audiobook. Uh, The book is also a hardcover book. It's cloth bound, foil stamped. I mean, we we went all out. It's it's high quality. It, you you just want to run your hand over it. Uh, but we also recorded an audio book. And so for someone who's made it this far into uh, the show, you know, I, I'm assuming that you like listening to podcasts and things like that. And so I figured uh, the listeners of this show might appreciate getting the audiobook, which is something we're selling for $29 at the launch. But if you go to overlapbook.com slash remarkable, I'm going to give you a copy of that audiobook for free. Sean, that's incredibly generous. So uh, thank you very, very much for that. And I'll make sure that that goes in the show notes as well. But I'm sure the listeners will really appreciate it. So thank you again. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to do it because my goal with this book, John, is not to make money. It's to help more people get unstuck. And, you know, I want to share and spread this idea of overlap because it's such a it's a complex thing. You know, when you're trying to 
talk with someone about this and, and hold a conversation, how do you describe being in a day job, but wanting something more, feeling like you have more potential, you're, you're destined for greatness, but you're trying to make it a sustainable thing. And you're trying to figure out if you've chosen the right thing at all. And there's, there's all these words and thoughts and feelings that are tangled up in a mess. And it's hard to explain it to someone else, let alone have a conversation. So my passion is really taking very complex systems and boiling them down and making it simple and giving people, arming them with the language to have a conversation about this to where now you know that all of that, the one word for that is overlap. You know, you are overlapping. And now that allows you to have a conversation with someone. And I think that that overlap is almost like a key for people who feel trapped in cages, which are jobs or environments where they're just not flourishing and they're not happy. They're waking up on a Monday morning dreading to go to work. And I've seen that and experienced that with friends and, and colleagues that I've spoken to. There is nothing worse than going somewhere where you don't want to be. And I love the idea of the overlap that you can actually start to create a better future for yourself. Well, thank you so much, John, for giving me an opportunity to share that with people. I hope it helps. Oh, my, my pleasure, Sean. And, and last but not least, this is something I ask every guest. Is there a, a person, a product, a brand or a service that you've recently seen or experienced that's absolutely blown your socks off and you thought, good job? Is there anything that comes to mind? I just uh, discovered this new app just last week. And I've been wanting something like this for a long time, but it wasn't until... I was working on a project with someone on my team and I said, we really need something. I find myself writing bullets, bullet lists and planning out things and sketching things here and there. Uh, but I said, we really need something that allows us to create, you know, flow charts or notes or some kind of whiteboard application that, you know, we, we can connect things and, and see the big picture, but also do it live and work with, you know, I, I have a remote team. A, a few people work in the same place, but uh, others in different states or different countries. And so we're in different time zones, different places. And I said, I, I need something where we can work all together. And so I had someone on my team do some research. He, he came back a few minutes later and he said, I found this great app. Uh, it's called Real Time Board. And I said, okay, let's check this out. Real Time Board. I have to tell you, John, this is my new favorite app. It is so cool. Uh, it, it Basically, the way I'd explain it is I feel like there's finally an app that works like my brain does. I see in my mind visual, like complex visual flow charts. You know, I see how things connect and how they relate. And this allows me to very quickly, I can, I can draw, I can create shapes, I can connect shapes and make notes and draw arrows and everything is infinitely customizable. But my favorite part is when my team member is on, I can see where his cursor is. And so if you've ever tried to have an audio conversation with someone and describe something visual, oh, yeah. it takes so long. You're like, okay, see the third step over and the fourth bullet beneath that one? Well, you know, it, it's, it's ridiculous. So now I see where his cursor is and I just kind of shake my cursor and say, okay, this box here, we need to connect this there. And it it has saved us so much time and I feel like I feel like we can see what each other is thinking now. I'm I'm just loving it. 
It's called Real Time Board. Real Time Board. I'm going to make sure that go in that goes in the show notes, Sean. So thank you for sharing that. And, and thank you so much for coming on the show today. I really, really appreciate your time. You've been incredibly generous with the kind offer for the Overlap audiobook. And if people want to connect with you online a little bit more, could you just let people know where they can find you? Absolutely. So uh, pretty much anywhere you can find me at Sean West. That's the handle I use, S-E-A-N-W. U-E-S. Uh, the website is also seanwest.com. And then once again, overlapbook.com slash remarkable. Uh, I'd, I'd love to give you this audiobook. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Sean. It's been a real pleasure having you on the show and I'll speak to you very soon. Thanks again. Thanks, John. The Remarkable Business Show. Thank you so much for appearing on the show, Sean. I hope you enjoyed listening to our conversation. You can follow Sean on Twitter at Sean Wes, and he's got a number of websites. There's seanwes.com and, of course, his new book, which is overlap.com slash remarkable. For those of you listening carefully, you would have heard Sean say that you could get his audiobook of his new book for free. Now, I'm afraid I've got an apology for you because I'm running a couple of weeks late with getting this episode of the show out. That offer isn't available anymore. So I'm really sorry about that. However, if you do buy the book, you actually get the audiobook for free and that's available up to the end of September. So head on over to overlapbook.com remarkable. So that's overlapbook.com slash remarkable. It really is worth buying. It's a superb book. I've got a question for you now. Have you recently experienced a remarkable business? Have you bought something that's an amazing product? Have you received some exemplary service or have you read something online and you thought, hmm, that's pretty damn cool? Or even better, have you started a remarkable business lately? If you have, I'd love to hear from you please send me an email. My email address is john at johnmoss.co.uk. That's J-O-N at J-O-N-M-O-S-S.co.uk. And no, I am not the football referee. I've just received some more abuse on Twitter at the weekend. And uh, it's always fun replying back to the people who think I've been refing a game. Uh, no, I'm not. And nor am I the drummer from Culture Club. So yeah, drop me a line. I'd love to hear from you. If you've experienced some remarkable service, you found a remarkable business, and even better, you're starting a remarkable business. So thank you. This episode's quote is from Arianna Huffington. Arianna was the co-founder and editor-in-chief of the Huffington Post, which is now owned by AOL. In 2011, AOL acquired the Post for $315 million and made Arianna the president and editor-in-chief of the Huffington Post Media Group. Back in August 2016, it was announced that she would step down from her role at The Post to devote her time to a new startup, Thrive Global, which is focused on health and wellness information. She's also written the best-selling book, The Sleep Revolution. Her quote is, failure is not the opposite of success, it's part of the success. I really agree with this. Why? Because you're always going to be ahead of someone if you try something. And even if you fail, it's fine. Okay? You're not going to start out wanting to fail, but most people don't even get that far. They just don't start. Talk is indeed cheap. And average is just that. Okay? You probably have an idea right now that you may have been thinking about for months. Now, what's actually stopping you? You could be a remarkable business and the overlap book, which Sean has launched recently, is exactly what you might need.
isn't it nice when someone shares something super useful with you? Well, I'm going to do that now, and I'm going to try and do this in every future episode as well. So today, have a look at useloom.com. It's a Chrome extension which allows you to record screencasts. And I bet you're thinking, eh, screencasts, John, nothing special. But believe me, give it a go. It allows you to not only record what's happening on your screen, but also your voice and also your face as well using your computer's camera. So it just makes it super personable. And then you can actually just share it with one click. So it's perfect for customer support, maybe showing your folks how to do something on the computer. It's got a myriad of uses. So check it out, useloom.com and let me know what you think. Something I've been trying over the past month or so has been whole body cryotherapy. And this is pretty remarkable. And it's a remarkable business that a chap called Scott has set up in Hull. Now, normally people have to travel quite a long way to find a whole body cryotherapy chamber. There's not many of them in the UK. But first of all, you're probably thinking, what on earth's whole body cryotherapy? Well, it's the action of exposing the body to temperatures ranging from minus 110 degrees C to minus 190 degrees C. Yep, it's pretty cold, but it has a huge number of benefits, stimulating the metabolism, injury recovery, sports performance, general wellness, as well as having numerous other aesthetic effects. It really is something you should try, especially if you'd like to lose maybe a little bit of weight because it burns those stubborn fat cells around the midriff. And also it's fantastic after sports. So some of the cycling that I do can be pretty intensive and going in the cryotherapy chamber afterwards can really help. If you'd like a little bit more information about what Scott's doing, then head on over to his website, which is chill1, that's the numeral one, .co.uk. Scott's facility is based within the Warners complex on Pickering Road in the city, and I'm sure he'd be delighted to show you what he's doing and talk you through the various benefits and also the packages that you can buy. I've probably had five or six sessions now, and I'm certain that I'm seeing some benefits, not only from the sports recovery aspect, but also general well-being. And I tell you what, you sleep like something else after you've had a session. One of the questions that I get asked a lot when I've told people that I've been for a session is how long is it? Well, it's not long. It's only three minutes. So you can just get changed. You can go in without any clothes or you can go in just in your boxer shorts or underwear or what have you. And you wear some woolly boots, woolly socks and some woolly gloves just to keep those extremities slightly warm. And once you go in, the chamber itself dries you slightly so there's a little bit of a warming um, period and then it gradually drops the temperature right down to near minus 190 degrees if you're on that extreme setting and the good thing is that Scott will consult with you and make sure that you're comfortable with the temperature that it's going to drop to there's a number of different settings now I've tried the extreme setting and yep it's pretty cold but I've settled on minus 188 which is the stronger setting and you do that for three minutes and you come out and you feel fantastic. So it's always been on a bit of my bucket list cryotherapy. I've listened to people like Wim Hof, the Iceman, and also Kevin Rose, who's a big advocate of using cold therapy for everyday um, well-being and also fitness recovery. So I'm delighted to have tried it. So have a look at chill1.co.uk. And if you go in and see Scott or pick up the phone and speak to him, just let him know that I sent you. This edition is brought to you by Flywheel. Beautiful WordPress hosting and management built for designers and agencies.
Now, Flywheel does rock solid hosting for WordPress. Now, here's a top deal for you, okay? Listen up, this is good. If you sign up for any of their annual hosting plans, I've got a way for you to get three months for free. All you need to do, go to johnm.me slash two, that's the numeral two, Flywheel. So that's john, J-O-N-M dot me slash two, Flywheel and you use the code JM2017 when you sign up. Boom, you will get three months free on an annual plan. So thank you so much for the flywheel guys and girls for sorting this out. I'm delighted to say that there's some more remarkable guests lined up for you in the next few months. Steve Layton from Has Been Coffee, one of the pioneers in roasting, and now finds his coffee from around the world dealing direct with the families and farmers growing it. Tyler Kablasa from Cloud App, which is a, a bit of software I use every single day, hugely useful, and he gives a fascinating insight into the sort of startup that the Cloud App was. And Jeff Kaufman from Trint. Trint is that amazing transcription software I've mentioned before, and I use use on all the show notes. We've also got Sean Blanc, who's a friend of Sean Wes, who's been on the show today, of course, and many more. If you haven't subscribed yet, then click that button now. That just about wraps it up for episode seven. So thank you for listening. I, as always, appreciate your valuable time. Now, you may know that I write um, the regular newsletter called The Bulletin, and I'm glad to say that the open rate is still hovering well above 70% and getting a lot of emails um, saying that, you know, people really enjoy reading it. Now, the good thing is when you sign up, you're going to get sent a series of emails as well, packed full of information, including my new ebook as well. And I cover productivity, diet, nutrition, some of my favorite apps and software. Honestly, it's a good read. So head on over to the Apple of my eye i.com that's the letter i at the end slash newsletter and i'm also on twitter so say hello there at john moss j-o-n-m-o-s-s user 13501 no less okay so if you've enjoyed this episode please can you let somebody know about it send them a message or an email or tweet about the show i'd be very very grateful and you can share this episode from the browser if you're listening to it um, on your laptop or on the desktop or if you're in a podcast app, you can click share and send somebody the link. Thank you very much. Also, please leave an honest review. We're starting to get some good reviews on iTunes for The Remarkable Business Show, and it makes a big difference. Ratings and reviews, um, they make the show more visible and gives people confidence to have a listen. And you can also get in touch with me, john at johnmoss.co.uk. Anything you write and uh, email me, I promise I'll read. So until next time, enjoy life and make every single day count. Don't miss the Bulletin newsletter. Head on over to www.theappleofmyeye.com slash newsletter and sign up. You get a terrific free ebook too.